when you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players. You have a great organization, and you tell them one thing. Just win, David. listening to just pod baby a las vegas raiders podcast brought to you by silver and black and now your host evan Grote. and let's go raider nation and welcome to just pod baby i am your host evan Grote, coming at you as part of the silver and black today media group just pod baby is available with two new recordings each week all throughout the 2020 season we have the recap episode with mo moton and the preview episode later in the week to get you ready for the upcoming game. Also, Silver and Black Today is part of Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. in Las Vegas. You can catch that also on the TuneIn app. Here, Scott and Q daily, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific time, 5 to 7 on the East Coast. Check out my weekly spots on Thursdays, generally around the 2.30 Pacific time, 5.30 Eastern time, hour make sure you are going over to the website as well silverandblacktoday.com scott has assembled a really talented team of writers so please make sure you're supporting them and and, and all the great work that they're doing later in the show we will be joined by buffalo bill sideline and beat reporter sal capaccio for wgr sports radio 550 a.m in buffalo We'll get some of Sales' thoughts on the Bills, some of the things that they're doing well on offense right now. Obviously, Josh Allen is a big part of that, and what they'd like to do on the defensive side of the ball. Some of the other topics we'll get into tonight are the injuries that are continuing to pile up for this Raiders team. Uh, I also want to talk about whether or not, is there added pressure on Derek Carr to, to perform and to carry this offense right now? And as I do every week, I will give you an update on the Thursday injury report for both teams. And in segment two, I will give you my three keys to victory. But we begin this week with the news that has dominated the past couple of days, the news that was not related to the Darren Waller Foundation and the players not wearing the masks. I'm really not going to spend a whole lot of time on that. Um, Look, I think it was uh, Derek Carr spoke about it today uh, with the media. And I think he really kind of cleared up things for anyone who had questions for it. It was a mistake by the players. Uh, they were It wasn't as if they were walking around the entire time without masks. Uh, so I think he kind of cleared the air on that. Uh, so I'm not going to really dive into that too much. But I do want to talk about the injuries, in particular the injuries that are have occurred to Damon Arnett, Henry Ruggs, and Brian Edwards. And I start with these three players because they are rookies. And they were all drafted with the intent that they would come in immediately and compete and and contribute as well. Now, the wide receiver and cornerback positions were two of the weakest position groups on the roster a year ago. I thought Mike Mayock and John Gruden did a great job of addressing those needs in the offseason and um, bring in some more talent. But just three games into this 2020 season, it kind of feels like things have gone back to square one. And, you know, we've learned this week that Damon Arnett would would be going to see a specialist for his thumb injury after he landed awkwardly on it uh, last week. And just just today, Thursday, he, he posted a picture on his Instagram from a hospital bed 
with the thumb heavily wrapped up, bandaged, showing us that he had surgery. So not good news here. We have not gotten any kind of word on, on the timeline for his return yet, so stay tuned for that news. Hopefully we'll get some word on that in the next couple of days. Um, so again, just not very good. And also this week we, we learned the news of Brian Edwards that he will not be available this week against, against the bills due to the ankle sprain that he suffered last week against new England. The good news though, on, on that front is that Edwards is considered week to week. So he may not be out for an extended period of time. And then Henry Ruggs, who did not play last week, as we know, he's considered a long shot to play this week. He's dealing with a hamstring injury. So, um, you know, I'll get into more details about his injury in in the injury report. But to me, these injuries are uh, specifically concerning because these are young guys. They did not get that rookie OTAs. They didn't get minicamp. They didn't get the preseason games. We talked about it a lot on this show in the weeks leading up to the start of the season that I think... And based on everyone that I spoke to, I think the consensus is that we all agreed that fans needed to be patient and expect that this year's group of rookies especially were going to develop a bit slower than in past years. That was, I mean, that's a given. They just didn't have the time in the offseason. Well, now that development that was already going to be behind schedule is going to be delayed even longer. And it's just very unfortunate timing that Ruggs, Edwards, and Arnett are having this setback so early on in, in the season. Because these guys need all the practice reps and all the game reps that they can possibly get. They need to see different coverages. They need to go up against different cornerbacks and different wide receivers in, in Damon Arnett's case. They need to see these things now. And especially when you talk about Ruggs and Edwards... They play a position that requires you to be on the same page as your quarterback. That quarterback-wide receiver relationship is so important. And you were already kind of hearing some some buzz that Carr and Ruggs, they, they were not quite clicking together as far as the chemistry on the field is concerned. So that's bothersome to me. Uh, but, but hopefully both Ruggs and Edwards will be back soon. And I'm just looking ahead here at the schedule a bit. They have the bye week coming up in week six. So they play this week in Buffalo, next week, I'm sorry, this week in Las Vegas, next week in Kansas City, and then they go on the bye. I would not be shocked to see the Raiders decide to to use some caution with both of these young guys and, and keep them out until week seven when they return from the bye week. I could be wrong, of course, but I just see them not wanting to rush these guys back. You, you do have the bye week here in a couple weeks. They might opt to take advantage of that. So so that is some of the reasons why uh, I'm concerned about the, the injuries to the young guys. And at the end of the day, also, I did mention it, these are three starters for this team, and they're good players. So it's definitely frustrating. I do have a couple uh, more thoughts that I would like to give you on the injuries as a whole to some of the other players. Listen, every team in this league is dealing with with this, right? I mean, it's not just the Raiders. They may have a larger amount than other teams, but every team is dealing with injuries. It's as bad as I've ever can recall. Uh, I, I wish I had some data 
on the numbers of injuries this year. I would be really interested to see that. But they just got to deal with it, right? And and they got to hope that, that some of these guys bounce back here in the, sometime in the near future. Now, speaking of getting guys back, Nick Kwiatkowski was back at practice this week on a limited basis. Uh, he was involved on Wednesday's practice. Gruden said it was more of a, a walkthrough scenario. He wasn't involved in anything really in a contact manner, but it is good to see him getting back on the field. And again, I will go through uh, the, the the report in, in more detail in segment two. Uh, and, and then, you know, we got to talk about Trent Brown. I mean, this dude is still not practicing. And, and I know there's been a lot of people who have who've been questioning his desire and his want to. Um, but I was not one of those people. And, I, I you know, I, I never want to... Uh, question a, a player's desire, but I'm beginning to wonder if there is a bigger factor here. I mean, there's got to be something more going on to this injury. I really just don't get it. Now, now keep in mind, going back to training camp, he missed he missed quite a bit of time in training camp. I don't re- recall the the exact number of practices, but I think it was somewhere between like seven to ten practices he missed. I'm pretty sure. And then he was active for game one. He did get some time practice time in the week of the game. Uh, he was active, played the three snaps, and we haven't heard from the guy since. And as I said, I never want to question a guy's a man's desire. I had him on the podcast over the summer, if you remember, and he seems like a great dude. He talked to us about the work that he was putting in. He said he was feeling great from a health standpoint, but but something just just does not add up for me right now, and and. They did not place him on IR. That would indicate that the team assumed he would be back in in less than three weeks. So we're just again, we're just gonna have to wait and see and sit tight and hope that he can get back on the field soon. They need him out there desperately. Denzel Good overall, I think he's done some good things in the spot starts that he's had to make. Uh, last week was not one of those great moments for him. He had a rough game. They cannot ask him to start for an extended period of time. That's that's not going to be a good thing for this offense. Okay, so let's move on to my next topic. That's enough about the injuries. Let's move on to my next topic, which is Derek Carr. And, and I've got a question for all of you out there. Do you think this week he's got a little bit of added pressure on himself to perform and to lead this offense? I think it's a fair question. I don't want to make this about Derek Carr this week. I really don't. But I've always been one of the people who have, I will say that I, I question whether or not he makes players around him better. I think that's something that he needs to do a better job of. That when the situation around him isn't perfect, that when he's got an injury to a receiver or to a tight end or to an offensive lineman, he's got to, he's got to rise above that. And he has not shown so far in his career that he can do that on a consistent basis. He has struggled when things are not a perfect situation, as most quarterbacks would. But you do see other quarterbacks kind of rising above that. As I said, Aaron Rodgers is a good example of that. And I know a lot of you are going to tell me, oh, Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's you know once-in-a-generation type guy. That's true. But the fact of the matter is, you know, he could be down Devontae Adams and he's thrown to guys who you've never heard of, and they get the job done. So I, I would like to see Carr, you know, begin to try to uh, be that type of guy that can do that, can that can put the team on his shoulders when things aren't perfect, and still get the job done. 
And when you look at this offense, there's still plenty of guys who who can make plays. The O-line needs to play better, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. They got to protect Carr better. They got to give him more time. But you still got Josh Jacobs, a great running back, a very good combo of tight ends in Waller and Morrow. And, and the options at wide receiver are serviceable. Are they great? No, no. Zay Jones, Nelson Aguilar, are they great elite receivers? Absolutely not. They weren't even starters, right? They were they were behind two rookies. But the depth at wide receiver has been talked about a lot this year, and it's time for some of that depth to step up. Step up to the plate and help Carr out this week. And as I said, I don't want to make this all about Carr. The defense has got to play better. They were they were not good last week in the second half. They got gashed on the run. They got to be much better. The Bills offense, they're one of the best in the league right now. And it's going to be a very, very tall task to slow them down. But but I think that Carr has a great opportunity here this week to silence some of those critics. And, and, he, and, he, and if he can have a strong performance, I think he will definitely, you know, quiet and, and settle down some of the the uh, uproar that's been going on in, in amongst Raider Nation this week. And I think he can, and I think he will. I think he will play. I think he'll play well this week. I really do. Now, if you think back two weeks ago versus the Saints, he played great. I thought he carried the team, to be perfectly honest with you. Ruggs and Edwards, they combined for a th- uh, three catches for 48 yards that week. So th- the offense has proven that they can they can do it without Ruggs and, and, and Edwards. They don't need them. Now, they make things a heck of a lot easier. I'm not saying they don't need them going forward. But for a game or two, they should be able to get it done. In fact, offensive coordinator Greg Olson, he was asked about that, whether or not the offensive scheme is limited without Ruggs and Edwards. Here's what he had to say. Oh, we don't feel limited at all. Again, I, th- I think we've stated at the start of training camp that we feel very good about the depth in the wide receiver room and uh, we like what we've seen from Zay Jones and Nelson Aguilar since they've been here. So uh, it, it hurts at any team, you'd say, if you lose a starter, certainly it, it hurts uh, somewhat. Uh, but we've always, again, as we talked about, we've got a next man up mentality and and uh, we feel very comfortable with those guys in our offense. So you heard it there from offensive coordinator Greg Olson. They don't feel limited at all. We'd love to see those rookies out there, but it's the next man up, and that's cliche. I know, I get it. I'm tired of hearing it too. But Tim Brown is not walking through that locker room anytime soon. They need to find a way to get it done with the guys that they have. Okay, I'm going to get to my first break, and when I return, we will go over the Thursday injury report, and I will give you my three keys to victory, and also, we will talk with Buffalo Bills sideline and beat reporter Sal Capaccio. All that coming up next. And welcome back here on Just Pod Baby with your host, Evan Grote. And we are previewing the week four matchup between the Las Vegas Raiders and the Buffalo Bills. It's a big one. Raiders got to get something going here. The schedule does not get any easier in the next couple weeks. So it'd be nice to, to, to get a win here uh, in week four. Uh, now what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at the injury report. Like I said, I would. Uh, week four, we'll take a look at the Buffalo Bills uh, injury report first. Um, just to, so we'll, we'll go over some of the more notable ones. John Brown. 
wide receiver. He did not practice on Wednesday. He's got a calf injury. He was limited on Thursday. So most of the time when I see these guys limited on a Thursday, they're trending towards playing. So keep an eye on John Brown. Starting left tackle Deion Dawkins. That's a big one. Now he's dealing with a shoulder injury. He also did not practice on Wednesday, but he was limited on Thursday. So if he can get another practice in on Friday, I'm, I'm sure he'll play uh, on Sunday. Linebacker Tremaine Edmonds, who missed the game in week two, I believe it was. He did come back to play last week against the the Rams, but he was limited on Wednesday. He did get a full practice in on Thursday. Uh, a couple other notable guys, uh, Micah Hyde, their safety, did not, pra- did not practice on Wednesday with an ankle. He was limited on Thursday. Keep an eye on him as far as his status on Friday is concerned. Uh, another notable guy here, Zach Moss, who is part of their running back rotation. He was limited. He didn't play last week against the Rams. He got a toe injury. I think it's turf toe. He was limited both Wednesday and Thursday. And the real big one for that defense for Buffalo is Ed Oliver. He was injured, uh, I think it was in week two, and kind of played through that injury last week. And... Uh, Things aren't getting any better. He's dealing with a knee injury. Interesting thing about him is he was limited on Wednesday but did not practice on Thursday. So that would be a big loss for that Buffalo defense if he can't go. So keep an eye on all of those guys that I just mentioned. Now, the Raiders, they've got a bunch, okay? We know Arnett, he's not playing this week. We know Edwards is not playing this week. And it looks like Trent Brown, he's also not playing this week. Those guys all did not participate. Um... Jonathan Abram, he was limited both Wednesday and Thursday as he continues to deal with that shoulder injury. Uh, Rico Gafford, he did not practice at all this week, hamstring. Denzel Good, listed with a thumb, but he's full all week. Um, Josh Jacobs, I know he was listed on the injury report last week. He was full go in the first two practices of the week, dealing with that hip and knee. He's going to play this week. The real promising one that I think we all want to see him on the field, Nick Kwiatkowski. I think he's he, he really needs to, if, if they can get him back this week, that would do wonders for the defense. He was limited both Wednesday in more of a walkthrough manner, but was also limited on Thursday. So he's trending towards playing. That That's good news for this defense. Corey Littleton listed with a knee injury, limited both Wednesday and Thursday. And again, we know about Henry Ruggs. He did not participate either day. Don't expect him to be out there on the field. John Simpson with the shoulder, he was full go both practices. Darren Waller listed with a knee, he was full go both practices. Sam Young, another big one, another real big one because he practiced last week, but he did not play in the game. We'll see if he can give it a go this week. He was limited both Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, with a growing and a new injury popped up on Thursday. He, this player was not listed on the report on Wednesday. Nevin Lawson, who probably would be in line to start for Damon Arnett uh, this week if he's available, because he did get a lot of those snaps last week. He's on the report now with an ankle. He was limited today. So my my guess would be if... if if for some reason Lawson can't go, the next man up in that case might be my guy Isaiah Johnson or maybe a Nevin Lawson. So keep an eye on that one. I think that's a sneaky, uh, sneaky one. That's a big one that you kind of uh, you want to keep your eye on. So that that's the injury report 
for uh, week four on Thursday. Now I'll give you my three keys to victory for the Raiders. Key number one is the matchup between Trayvon Mullen and Stefan Diggs. Now Diggs leads the AFC in receiving yards with 288. He also has two touchdown passes, catches, and Josh Allen, he is his top target. Now Trayvon Mullen, he's coming off a great game. He allowed only one catch for eight yards on four targets, and he also finished the game with a, a, a allowing a passer rating of 39.6. He added three pass breakups as well. I assume that Mullen is going to see his fair share of digs, and, and Mullen's going to have to try to slow him down somehow, some way. Key number two, the Raiders need to make Darren Waller a big part of this week's game plan. A week ago, Gruden was outcoached by Belichick, as most people are when they face Belichick, but what they were able to do to Waller, take him completely out of the game, that cannot happen again. Two catches for nine yards from your best offensive weapon, that is not going to get it done. And I'll tell you what right now, I don't think the Raiders can win this game unless Waller has a big day. I think he is the X factor in this game. The Bills have had uh, some struggles against tight ends. They've been okay, but they haven't been great. Uh, Mike Gusecki of the Dolphins, he went for over 130 yards on eight receptions and a touchdown just two weeks ago. And key number three is, can the Raiders' offense be better on first and second down this week? Last week, they put themselves in a lot of difficult down and distances on third down, and it really hurt them uh, as they were only one of seven converting third downs when the game mattered. They finished the game three of nine. Uh, They did pick up two third down conversions on the game's final drive for them in garbage time. They need to avoid foolish penalties. That puts them behind the sticks early in the downs. And I think if they can extend drives, keep Josh Allen on the sidelines and convert in the red zone with touchdowns and not field goals, then they got a fighter's chance in what could be a high-scoring game. And now I'd like to welcome in our special guest for this week, and that is Buffalo Bills sideline and beat reporter for WGR 550 AM in Buffalo, and that is Sal Capaccio. Sal, welcome to Just Pod Baby, and thanks for giving us some of your time tonight. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, the Bills are off to a great start, Sale, uh, 3-0 this season. Offensively, they are really clicking right now, led by Josh Allen, who's off to a MVP caliber to the start to the season. But I want to begin with the head coach, Sean McDermott, for a moment. I think he, he was a great hire by the Pagula family. He has really stabilized the organization, making two playoff appearances in his first three seasons. He might be one of the most underrated coaches in the league, in my opinion, and I think we'd be hearing a lot more about him if he was the head coach uh, of let's say a team like the Cowboys or the Giants or the Packers, one of those teams. But but talk to us for a moment about McDermott and, and, and why has he been able to have some success early on in his career as a head coach? You're right about that. If he was in another market, you know, you know the way this works. It's a bigger market, bigger team, a little more flash. You know, he's not he's not Rex Ryan, that's for sure. You know, Rex Ryan was in Buffalo and he did get the attention because he sought it out. I think it's a big difference. It's 180 degrees from what the Bills had. And the previous coach, which is this is a coach who just goes about his business every day. He doesn't, he doesn't want to make headlines. He doesn't want to be eating dog biscuits at press conferences and wearing Clemson football helmets. He wants to just do his job, and he wants to win, and he wants to do it the right way and work on football every single day. And really, that's what it is. It's not just Sean McDermott. When you talk about him, you have to talk about him and Brandon Bean together. I mean, really, that's what this comes down to. It's a shared vision in the organization. It's a culture that they both created. Um, McDermott was here first, then obviously Bean came just a few months later, but they built this whole thing together. And I think the difference in what separates them versus many other 
regimes that I've covered, I think, and I think really regimes around the league, they have a vision and they stick to it. They have a plan and they stick to it. They don't alter it. You know, people thought they were going to tank in 2017. They wound up making the playoffs. That did not speed up their timeline. They still had a certain timeline and went about it. And I think that's what separates that, them from a lot of people, the consistency of how they do things, basically. Now, McDermott's background is, is a defensive-minded guy, and that's been kind of the calling card for these Buffalo Bills teams under McDermott. But this year, the team is playing uh, like an offensive juggernaut. Josh Allen has to be in the early conversation for MVP. Let's talk about him for a moment. I, I went back and looked. He did not throw for 300 yards or more in any game last season, and he also did not have one game where he threw for four touchdowns in a game. He's already topped 300 yards in all three games this season, including a 400-yard-plus game against Miami, and he's had two games of four touchdown passes already this season, not to mention he's, he's completing a much higher percentage of his passes. So what has been the reason for the, the big jump for Josh Allen? Well, I'll go even a step further. The last time the Bills had any quarterback throw for 300 yards in a game, was Tyrod Taylor in 2016, and that was an overtime game. The last time they did it, had a quarterback do it in a non-overtime game was 2014, and it was Kyle Orton. <laughs> that's crazy, right? I mean, that's how long it's been since the Bills have been able to do it. And the difference is really that he has a coach and an offensive coordinator who trust him and have built him. I mean, that's what they've done. They've kind of built this franchise quarterback. You look around the league, it seems as though guys either come in with it or without it. And if they don't have it, people get fired. They try somebody else. You know, if they do have it, they still might have some sort of change around them. The consistency that's been around them, the um, you know, the continuity really around Josh Allen has really helped him. And give Josh a lot of credit. He's worked really hard on the things he has to work on. But they've built this roster. They've gone out with a vision, like I said, to bring in the people that they need to help him. But they've also kind of brought Josh along slowly. They've been patient with him. And you just – I think that's the difference. You don't see that, Evan. You, know, you don't have patience anymore in the NFL between with regimes with, with quarterbacks. They have with Josh. And it's really helped. And he's, he now has an offensive coordinator who's not afraid to say, I got a franchise quarterback and I'm going to let him play because this would, this is what we've envisioned and this is where we are now with him. Bill Sideline and beat reporter Sal Capaccio joins us on Just Pod Baby. I think it's also fair to say that uh, a big part of Josh Allen's success this year is the addition of Stefan Diggs. I, I know that when he was in Minnesota, he kind of was in a shared role for that number one wide receiver spot with, with Adam Thielen. He's finally getting the chance to be the lead guy with the Bills. He's known as one of the premier deep threats in the league, but can you explain to us a little bit um, how the Bills have utilized him this year and maybe what we can expect to see from him this week against the Raiders? Yeah, um, he is just such a, he's such a pleasure to watch. He's so fun. He's so talented. And you can see the difference right away. When we went out to training camp, we were finally allowed to be out there back on August 17th. You know, he's just different than a lot of other guys out there. He's so talented. His footwork is amazing. Um, he can do so much. He can run every route. He catches, he catches every ball. He does a lot for Josh because he makes contested catches. You know, Josh, he's much more accurate, as you pointed out, but he still is not the most pinpoint accurate guy in the world. And I think, you know, Stefan Diggs having him you know, helps him in that regard, too. But what Stefan really does is, he allows everybody to play their, their natural roles. You know, John Brown was the number one receiver on this team a year ago. He's not a true number one. He had a really good year, but he's really a number two, and he, he allows him to be the number two, to go against the other team's second-best corner, to not get double-teamed. You know, I think then it opens up things for Cole Beasley, under, excuse me, underneath as well. And I think um, that's what Stefan really does. It's not just his talent, which is really good but it's also his ability to make the rest of the offense fit a lot better and give Josh a lot more weapons. And then you add in Gabriel Davis, a rookie who's been sensational, and now you have 
four wide receivers at any point that can really beat you. Yeah, I, I want to take a look. I want to discuss the the, the Bills running back uh, room here for a minute. And this is an area where the, the Raiders defense ha- has not been real good against the run. They're giving up 162 yards a game right now. And I know the Bills use kind of a running back by committee. Uh, but do you think that offensive uh, coordinator Brian Dayball will, will look to kind of, uh, you know, establish the run game a bit more this week and try to expose that weakness in the Raiders defense? Or do you think he'll look to kind of ride the hot hand of Josh Allen? It's a good question. I think they try to be, you know, as balanced as they can. But, you know, right now, the way Josh is playing, I wouldn't be surprised if they attack, you know, throwing the football. But every game is different. And Brian Dable will come up with a game plan for this specific game. If this game calls for running the ball to be successful, that's what they'll do. You know, it's not about getting Josh's stats, but Josh is playing really well. And you can't be afraid to, you know, let him throw the ball around, especially how hot he is. But, you know, with the Raiders being a team that have uh, given up so many yards on the ground and, like you pointed out, I went and watched them. You know, they seem like they're they're very fast and athletic, but they're out of position sometimes because they they over pursue. I think they miss a lot of tackles, and I think that could play very well in the hands of Devin Singletary, who already makes a lot of people miss in the open field. But you know, the Bills may want to go that route to say, look, I mean, if you if you want to stop the run, that's fine. We'll we'll make it stop the run. Um, but you know, we also have Josh Allen here who can throw the ball. So I think they'll try to establish the run for sure. But I wouldn't be surprised to see Josh still have about you know thirty five to forty passes. Let's shift gears over and talk a little bit about the Bills' defense. I mentioned it when we started that the, the the defense for Buffalo in recent years has kind of been, again, like their trademark. They've had some issues this year, though, early in 2020. What has been you know, the reason for some of those struggles? Well, it's really last week was the where it really came out mostly, and that was because they had problems with a big physical offensive line of the Rams. And I think that's where the Raiders might be able to, you know, get some ground here on the Bills, which is the Raiders' offensive line, as you know, is big and physical. That's what they they do. They they want to run the ball. They want to go right at you. They have a good running game with Josh Jacobs. So I, I think the Raiders might have an opportunity here, given what the Rams did. That's what really the Bills, um, why, where they've been a little bit vulnerable against the run, is big physical offensive line. You know, the Bills have a fast, athletic defense, but they're a little bit undersized. And if you can really get – if you can get on them and not have those linebackers stay clean, if you can get to the linebackers, you know, they're, you're going to have an opportunity. But what the Bills normally do is, you know, they basically want their linebackers to run free, use that speed, get sideline to sideline and make plays. They weren't able to do that last week. Tremaine Edmonds struggled because he wasn't kept clean all week. He's also coming off an injury and he was playing hurt, I believe, with his shoulder. So, yeah, I think that the physical big offensive line of the Rams – gave them trouble because they could not keep those linebackers clean like they normally do. And those linebackers like Tremaine Edmonds, Matt Milano, really want to go sideline to sideline and beat you. But not every every team can do that. I think the Raiders do have an opportunity to do that. And I think the Raiders will try to do that, you know, to beat the Bills by running the ball and mauling them a little bit. So the Bills will have to be aware of that. Now, speaking of that that run uh, Bills run defense and, and talking about keeping those linebackers clean, I know a big part of that that defensive front for Buffalo is Ed Oliver. I believe he less uh, did not finish last week's game with a knee injury, and he did not participate in practice on Thursday. What are your expectations, and, and what are you hearing on his status for the game on Sunday? Yeah, I think he finished last game, but he did get hurt in the game before that. Okay. Um, and so he might have been playing hurt last game, but he didn't practice on Thursday. He did on a limited basis on Wednesday. Um, it appears as though it's more of a bruise than anything else, but it is something to monitor. Maybe he might not be available against the Raiders. We'll see. My guess is he could be wind up questionable on the injury report once it comes out on Friday. You know, that's when it officially comes out. Um, but we're not sure right now, and we'll see. But 
if he can't go, that's a big blow to them. Uh, you know, he's not the biggest guy, but he's a penetrator. And, you know, the Bills like to rotate their offensive line, their defensive linemen. They really like to – those guys, last week, every defensive lineman, whether it was end or tackle, played at least 16 snaps, I believe it was. And, you know, they like to do that with all their guys. So if they don't have one of them, that's going to be something they're going to have to adjust with. Um, they do have Quinton Jefferson they like, Vernon Butler, Harrison Phillips. You know, those guys would um, take on more of a role, obviously. Last one I have for you, Sal. Uh, one of the areas that the Buffalo defense has been vulnerable is against slot wide receivers and, and tight ends. I, I think the Raiders have a pretty good pair uh, in Hunter Renfro and, and tight end Darren Waller. Do you think this could be a matchup that could be an issue for the Buffalo defense? Yeah, it could. I think that stat's a little bit skewed because of the um, the tight end they struggled with was Gasecki, but he really didn't line up as a tight end. He was really split out a lot against you know Levi Wallace. Bills are going to get Josh Norman back most likely this game. I think that puts Levi Wallace on the bench, maybe not every play because Wallace is co- Norman's coming back off the injury off IR. But I think that I think Norman winds up starting uh, at corner instead of Wallace. And like I said, I think you know the numbers against Gasecki because the first week against Herndon he didn't do anything. Um, Higby had a, had some catches, so did Everett. You know, but that was more the Rams. You know, they did a nice job overall. They had more problems with wide receivers than they did against tight ends last week. So, yes, I do think that that could be an issue. And, you know, with Matt Milano on the field, that's a much different story. Milano's healthy, and he is now. They sometimes use him on tight ends. um, But when he's not out there, that creates some matchup problems with some of the bigger tight ends because they just don't have a guy to really match up with them. And then in the slot, um, same thing can happen. It just depends a lot of times on the matchup. Taron Johnson, I like him as a slot corner, but sometimes teams can figure out ways to you know, get a matchup there that's a little bit more favorable for them for the size. Sal Capaccio, Buffalo Bills sideline and beat reporter for WGR 550 in Buffalo. Thank you so much for your time. Take care and enjoy the game on Sunday, Sal. All right, man. Thanks, Evan. And we're back here just for some quick final thoughts on Just Pod Baby. Thanks again to our guest, Sal Capaccio. Uh, listen, guys, the Bills are playing really well right now, but as they say, any given Sunday, that's all it takes, any given Sunday could happen. Vegas Sportsbooks right now have the Raiders as the three-point home dogs with the over-under set at 52.5. I'd love to see this defense come out and redeem themselves from that performance they had in the second half last week with a complete 60-minute game. Uh, the offense is going to have to score some points to keep up with that high-powered Bills offense. It should be a good one. I'm looking forward to it, that's for sure. And that is going to do it for this week's episode, the preview episode. Please subscribe to the show. Follow me on Twitter at egroat 5 Have a great weekend, everyone. I'll talk to you next week, and as always, just win, baby.